Hey people, it's your boy Mr. Lots, the Ghanaian shitter, you know the vibes, and you're now listening to Taking Notes with Mr. Lots. Here we discover the fears and the risks people face while following their passions. My people, regardless, we move. Hey guys, it's me again, your boy Mr. Lots, aka the Ghanaian shitter, you know the vibes. Today I'm here with the one and only. Mayday, aka Super Mates. My guy, do you want to introduce yourself real quick? Tell the people who you are. This <laughs> is quick. DJ Mid, Super Mids, Fire Mids, all the damn thing. I mean, I do what it says on the tin. I hear that. They know the vibes already. Yeah, they know the vibes. <laughs> <laughs> all right, quick, let's get in. All right, Mids, I think the first time I met you mm. um, was through, you know, my executive producer himself. Mr. Emmanuel Ajay, 360, you know the vibes. But um, that was the first time I think I met you and I saw you DJ. I think it was at his 18th. Yeah, the barbecue. Yeah, the barbecue yeah, thing. Yeah, I hear yeah. you DJing and I was like, raw. This guy is wavy. Like, the vibe was mad. The whole place, everyone was lit. You know, mm-hmm. all your people, guys, you guys were lit. At the squad, everything was lit. So in my house, I was like, raw, this guy is lit. And that was like my first impression of you. Mm-hmm. Obviously, from, um, further on, I just saw you doing all these amazing stuff, which we're going to get into. But first and foremost, when did you realise, yeah, DJ, this is my thing? When did you fall in love with this, this DJ thing? Um, so, it started quite young, really. Mm. Um, so obviously, I've got DJs in my family. My uncle and my dad are both DJs. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, just being around DJs. But really and truly, it started in year eight. Mm-hmm. So, I don't, know if, I don't know if you went to one of these, but... In Club Nollywood, <laughs> Club Nollywood, they had the early bird raves in it. Uh-huh. One pound raves, mm-hmm. four till ten. It's, it's actually funny because right now lockdown. Well, That's, yeah, for ten. Four till ten. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> We're literally doing four to ten parties right now. So mm. you know, them them lot back there were some sort of pioneers because mm. started the trend. But yeah, yeah. so four to ten parties, um, one pound raves or whatever, mm. and you used to attend those quite a lot. Wow. And uh, at first, I was enjoying myself, mm-hmm. and then it was one period. My cousins, my cousins came over from Nigeria mm-hmm. for a summer holiday. And I took them over. So yeah, that particular summer holiday, year eight, I took my cousin to the rave. Yeah. And the DJ that was playing at the time, like, it just wasn't making sense. Like, it was like, me and my cousin were <laughs> me and my cousin were in the rave trying to enjoy ourselves. Yeah. The song's gonna change too quickly, or the mix was crap, or it's just like, mm. what's what going on? It? Like, and then I thought, hmm, wait, nah, nah, this 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 can't be it. So I went to another rave mm. and a similar thing happened. So I just from there I just decided, really and truly, if I want to enjoy myself at a party, I'm gonna to have to be the one that's DJing for myself because wow. I, I I know what I want kind of thing. Yeah. I know how I enjoy myself, and I know people will be able to enjoy themselves mm-hmm. with me. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's basically when inside year eight when I realized it's only me that can turn the that's party up. That's crazy. <laughs> so I saw a problem and said, you know what, I will be the solution basically, to this problem. Basically, I basically, respect it. I respect basically. it. So obviously. You've had this thing, you want to be the solution to this problem. Mm. When was, when would you say, like, how did it start? Did you start, like, playing music for the people closest to you? Did you start, like, or did you just go straight in? Um, how did so, start? I started making mixes for myself mm-hmm. on my laptop. Obviously, back then, year eight, not rich at all. So, mm-hmm. no money for equipment and that. Uh, yeah, so, that. Uh, just downloaded different um, apps, mm-hmm. virtual DJ, uh, Red Mix. Mm-hmm. It was just a bunch of apps back in the day, just wow. using different things. Done that all the way through my secondary school year. Um, then got to college. Mm-hmm. 
and then the summer of college here, I hadn't started, the first year of college, I hadn't started DJing yet. I was still, okay. I was just putting out stuff on SoundCloud and stuff and whatever. Mm-hmm. And then summer of college, I got my first gig. Oh, wow. And then obviously also summer, that, that particular summer, so it was the 2015 summer, mm-hmm. it was really hot and a lot of people were doing barbecues. So yeah. what, what I would tell people is that, do you know what? Don't worry, let me DJ for your, your thing, innit? Yeah. Solve that problem. You just have to worry about getting food and whatever. Mm-hmm. So literally everyone that was in my college was basically using me for their, their events. Yeah, and then obviously yeah. outside of college, they will have their own friends. So mm-hmm. their friends will see it, they'll enjoy it. And then when they want to do something. So it all started with a word of mouth kind of thing. Obviously mm-hmm. social media was there, but it weren't really prominent Pro- yeah. as it was now. Yeah. It was more of a word of mouth how I got out and... Mm-hmm. Basically, I saw another solution. Well, I saw another problem. I wanted to be the solution. People want barbecues. Need a DJ. DJ yeah. I put some money together to buy myself some decks. Got my uncle to borrow me some speakers, and kicked it off from there. Wow. Yeah. So you're doing all these events. You're basically investing in yourself, right? Basically, investing yeah. in your brand and things like that. So first gig. How do you now go from okay? Yeah, this is me and my friend that's doing the gigs for me. Mm. To now, nah, I'm a DJ now. Yeah, like, it's time to get paid for this thing. Like, uh, how did that switch like come into place? And how was that? To be honest, it it was most of my friends really. So mm. most of my friends weren't started addressing me as super mids kind of thing. It was no longer mm. midday around other people in it. So mm-hmm. to to break the friend and fan barrier because mm-hmm. what a lot of a lot of early DJs struggle with is a lot of us always have friends mm-hmm. and not enough fans. And obviously mm. everyone sees everyone sees being called as a fan as a negative thing, but it's, yeah. it's not kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It's it's able to distinguish the kind of support you get. Mm-hmm. As a friend, you you support your friend in his business 100%, but yeah. you may not be in, invested as much because it's not it's not something that you may not be interested in or whatever. But as a mm-hmm. fan, you're interested in, in that. 100%. That's what you want to see from that person only kind of thing. So whatever that person does, if it's with what you want, they'll do that. So as I started to meet more people, a lot more people started meeting me as super mids and became more invested in my craft. And so the demand for me started to go up. So obviously there was rave promoters and raves organisers who were booking the statutory DJ lineup. You had your P. Montana, Neptizzle, Dukes, etc. Mm-hmm. But then, as my demand started increasing, mm-hmm. rave organizers started hearing my name, so I was able to fit in the same lineup as those, maybe on a warm up set or mm-hmm. old school Afro set, to get into there. And then once I got myself into the door, mm-hmm. show what I can do, just let the talent speak for yourself from there. Wow. I want to pull it back a bit, holding on to some of the things you've given me right now. Mm-hmm. I was even going to bring a hard name came about, but I've seen, obviously. That you, I thought you were a fan of um, Superman. Yeah. <laughs> so I thought that was it, Superman, because you like Superman. Yeah, so I thought, oh, that's where it came from. Yeah, but, so, so. I, I, had, I went through a phase in mm-hmm. my... So I was Superman, the person, before I was Superman, the DJ from, mm-hmm. from ages. Uh, I started in, yeah, 10, mm-hmm. I believe. So um, obviously Tennyson's, we all had the, the, the music, stu- music studio in, on the top floor, innit? Mm. So obviously everyone went there. Once upon a time, I wanted to be a rapper. Wow. So <laughs> I had to think of a name. I know, hello, you man. That went to the same. <laughs> <laughs> that you were trying to rap into, you know, actually rappers. Yeah, but that's how I know. Hello, talents from that school, though. I'll give I'm, you guys that. Literally, Tennyson's really blessed. Sign mm. in the water there, man. Just, mm. just bring out the best of people. Mm-hmm. 
in the negative way anyway. <laughs> but oh. uh, I digress. So yeah, basically, um, I went through a phase where I had a Superman snapback. I just wow. I had like three Superman tops. I had a Superman belt. I had a Superman The craziest thing is he wasn't my favourite superhero, but I just liked the merchandise. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's, that's literally what like it that. was. Yeah. So... Literally, in the studio one day, everyone's freestyling, spitting bars. Mm -hmm. I need a name to call myself. And obviously, at that time, the man that were on road, they had their younger this or tiny that or whatever. (laughs) But man wasn't on road, did it? So man (laughs) man wasn't no one's younger. Man wasn't no one's tiny, no one's little or whatever. So I tried to think of something quick. Mm -hmm. Boom, super mids. Easy. That That makes sense. That makes sense. Obviously, would you say, right, um, that the fact that your uncle and your dad were DJs, would you say that made it easier for you to own this craft? Because obviously, you know, come up from an African background, mm. you know, our parents, you know, you gotta be this, you gotta be yeah, that, you yeah, have yeah. to be this. So would you say that was quite a bit easier for you because your, you know, your uncle and your dad were yeah, actual Yeah, so DJs? definitely. So it was a lot easier in the sense where it's something my mum's seen. Mm. So when I'm doing it, it's not in alien to her. It's yeah. not like, oh, go and put up, go and pick the book up. <laughs> like, it's, it's none of that kind of thing. It's, like, it's something that she's seen can bear fruit mm. and work kind of thing. But at the same time, obviously, I still had to teach myself because see, I, I don't live with my dad. Yeah. So even though my dad's a DJ, uh, he, he, he wasn't able to teach me how to That's DJ. Awesome. My uncle lives in East. Obviously, he lives in South. Mm. And as a young kid, East to South is quite far. Oh, so... Yeah didn't have the time to go over to his. Mm-hmm. So I still had to teach myself, but in getting the freedom to be able to do that and getting the freedom to, on a school weekend, college weekend, be out till 2am, mm-hmm. my mum not saying nothing, yeah. and having that understanding definitely played uh, an easier part in that. Nah, that's wild, because mm-hmm. obviously, just like mentioned, that being out late nights and everything there, yeah, and no yeah, parents yeah. are really not on that. Exactly, on that exactly. Thing. All right, cool. One of the biggest things, obviously, you've mentioned you started doing events, um, club promoters, getting to know your name. Mm. How would you say, right, before we move on to the my, my biggest question, how would you say right now from when we started, obviously, we all know because, you know, we did parties here and there. Mm. How would you say things have changed? You know, forget, let's put COVID aside now. <laughs> let's forget about COVID for a minute. But how would you say that whole scene has changed when it comes to events, parties? Would you say it's de- like developed more? Or would you say back then, like, you know, I feel like back then there were more parties than there are these days. No, in terms so of, you know, there's, there's, underground parties anyway. There was a lot more quality parties back then. Okay. But the market is definitely saturated now than it was back then. Back okay. then, um, there wasn't as many DJs. Mm-hmm. And so, and, and a lot of the DJs that were around were DJs of quality. Mm. So it was a lot harder to break into the scene. Mm. And... Because there went a lot of raves as well, there was only a specific type of rave. So mm-hmm. the older lot, they would know about a bar fest. They would know about a disturbing cough. Yeah. They would know about, some may know about an out chair. Mm-hmm. But I feel like that came a lot later than the older lots. Gen, they'll know about a champagne campaign, mm-hmm. stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And nine times out of 10, at least three of the five DJs are going to be the same on every, mm-hmm. every lineup. Mm-hmm. And those organizers were, the set organisers like if someone else random was doing a rave people won't go in there but as time went on opportunities started to arise where Mm -hmm. anyone and everyone could put on a rave and so to increase market profit what organiser would do would be 
who can we get for the cheapest but still do some sort of job mm. so more DJs started to arise because more vacancies were there mm -hmm. and the quality started to diminish because you didn't have to be that good to get there wow. I just need to know you and you're yeah. doing the rave so put me on the lineup kind of thing oh, yeah. so yeah it's definitely a lot uh, a lot more saturated mm -hmm. and a lot less quality now than there was then mm. but what I will say is if they if the rave is done right now mm -hmm. it's a lot better than yeah. when the rave if it was done right back then cool. kind of thing sure. it's just that they had more frequency back then of mm -hmm. a good rave than now because yeah. it's, it's no longer about a good time it's, mm -hmm. it's all a business yeah <laughs> that makes <Yeah>. sense <laughs> so obviously you've done college now um, if you don't mind sharing did you go to uni? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, at your time at uni, obviously, uni was also filled with raves and whatnot. Mm. One of the biggest things also in your career has been, obviously, you are the official DJ for the man himself, Afrobeat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. How did that come about? Like, do you mind talking a bit about that? Like, how yeah, that whole sure. thing came about? So, uh, going into college, mm. like I said, I was a word of mouth DJ. Mm -hmm. Social media wasn't really an impact back then. So, my reach was, i go to the show... Mm -hmm and do the show, everyone that's there needs to enjoy me to mm. want me to come, come there back, and yeah. spread apart and whatever. Mm -hmm. So going into uni, um, I have a, one of my friends from church, he saw my potential or whatever, and he was already in uni. Mm -hmm. So he, he, he was running a, um, a rave organization in Northampton. So okay. he spoke to his partners and said, well, like, I've got one of my young G's coming up to uni, you might as well sign him under us, make him our DJ for our end group or whatever, mm. and like build him up kind of thing. So basically he introduced me to one of his business partners and his business partner eventually became my manager. Okay. And it so happened to that my manager was one of Afro's good friends. Okay. So at the time when Afro was making a transition from DJ to artist, mm -hmm. just a casual conversation amongst him and his boys where, bro, I'm just gonna need a DJ now that I'm an artist kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And my manager was there, I was like, I've got a DJ, you, mm -hmm. can, you can use him kind of thing. And obviously at that time, I was already making some noise for myself. So mm -hmm. I had the Insanity mix out, yeah, I had my pre-party pre um, series out, I had mm -hmm. my warm-up to winter series out. So my work was there to be seen mm -hmm. if you wanted to go see it kind of thing. And mm -hmm. my name was ringing across bells, certain places. Because yeah, I, went, I went uni in Kent, mm -hmm. but I was still able to make some noise in the Midlands. Yeah. So I had... A buzz around me you could see the potential mm -hmm. and afro said yeah no it makes sense approached me so i had to uh, speak about it and whatever mm. and it's quite funny actually because he, he afro was actually one of the first to give me a gig oh, well, wow. this, this was before he knew me That's so wild. yeah literally back when he was a dj mm -hmm. he ran an event called afro beats with afro b in thomas abeckett oh, man. yeah yeah okay road before, <laughs> before that closed down and um uh, word of mouth again so mm. I had a friend who knew who, I had a friend who had a friend who knew Afro B wow. so my friend introduced me to his friend mm -hmm. so we became friends and then Amazing. I saw that friend speaking to Afro B so mm -hmm. I asked her to introduce me to Afro B I had a quick chat with Afro B I said bro like let me do warm up for your for your night mm -hmm. he just said cool and yeah just gave me an opportunity to, to DJ Wow. And that was even before he knew me. That's kind lit. of thing. Does he remember the story? Uh, do I don't know, him? you know. He probably does. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Maybe not. Never brought it up myself. That's <laughs> no, mad. I never brought it up. But it's just, it's just one of those things. And then obviously, fast forward, mm -hmm. well, fast forward, well, I think about a year and a half even, a year mm -hmm. and a half from that 
introduction, mm-hmm. I'm his official DJ. That's kind wild. of thing. So yeah, it's just funny how life works. That's wild. Yeah. Obviously, that's been obviously one of the biggest things I would say to look at in your career in terms of getting to do that. 100%. But how would you say, how, how's it been to juggle that? Because obviously now, like, bro, he's doing, he's doing big things in big, his own big right. Big, big things, yeah. So you guys obviously won some of the, I think last, last year, actually, mm. I'd come on Insta and today you're here, tomorrow you're there. <laughs> Next day I see you in an office. I'm like, wait a minute. This guy, what is he doing? Does he actually work? Have you, have you, are you still in the 95? Yeah, 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 yeah. So, Rob, how are you able to, juggle that and keep this thing also going like so you just got to prioritize booking so i'm i'm at the so basically what i did was um so year before last Mm -hmm. i took a gap year so i graduated from uni 2018 Mm -hmm. uh secured a job postponed my start date to the Mm -hmm. following year Mm -hmm. and used it as a gap year Mm -hmm. so in that year so basically even go before that, mm-hmm. uni times obviously. So I've been made Afro's official DJ in first year, mm-hmm. but he's already started touring. But he never brought me on tour. Okay. What he always used to tell me was, focus on your uni, mm-hmm. get your degree, we'll tour after that. And obviously, I used to think, how did you feel about that? I used to think, oh, bruv, like, <laughs> bro, man's calm, now. Like, let, let me tour, bro. Was <laughs> <laughs> good. Like, yeah, but like, I appreciate the concern, yeah, like, but, but just let me tour, bro. Like, fam, come on, man. I've seen all these other lot that's touring and that, yeah. and and he, obviously I've got him on Snap, see him on on Snap, and I'm mm-hmm. seeing him in these places. I'm like, but I'm supposed to be there, yeah. like, I'm supposed to be there. So, but obviously. I understood it mm. and I understand and I'm glad that he took that approach because mm. the year, so gradu- fast forwarding, graduated in 2018, um, started flying out straight after. So literally mm. finished my exams, May, June, we were out of here, Man. straight tour. So for the whole year from June to September 2019, mm-hmm. touring Man. and May, it's a lot. And if I was touring during uni, mm-hmm. we'd have head loss. Yeah. <laughs> we'd have had so much head loss, so mm. it's a good thing. So yeah, literally, I took took the year out, 2018 to 2019, and done every single booking that I could. I didn't turn down anything, like, wow. to the point where February 2019, mm-hmm. I was ill because my body was shattered. Wow. I've never been ill like that before. Like, it was nuts. You didn't take time for yourself? Yeah, literally, like, li- literally, every other day we was out. Mm. If it was in London or in somewhere else in England or in a different country yeah. or going from one country to the next country. That's literally mad. like, I done everything. So at least, but I needed to do that to get out of my system. Mm. So that now that when I started the nine to five in 2019, I'm not itching for that experience. Right. I've already yeah. experienced it. So yeah. now it's more about prioritizing what bookings make sense mm-hmm. and which ones I can sacrifice a little sleep here mm-hmm. to rush into work the next day or sacrifice a holiday day take the holiday well two days weekend, uni, yeah. and then come back to work the next mm-hmm. day or whatever so that's it yeah i'm juggling it just prioritizing what bookings work for me mm-hmm. what bookings will benefit me so basically i'm right now I'm, will it benefit me a lot mm-hmm. or have i done something similar if i've done something similar and i can't afford to really miss a day of work or take that holiday mm-hmm. i'm going to skip it but if it's going to benefit me, then I'm going to work a way around it to either make it into work the next day or I'm going to have to take the day off. Fair enough. Do you think you are able, um, if you wanted to, um, just quit your job and just do DJing full time? 100%. But obviously, in this life, you got to be rich. Exactly. 
every every stream, right? Exactly, exactly, that's true, that's exactly, true. exactly. So if if I could if I could sing, oh, I'd, I'd even become an artist. <laughs> <laughs> if I had bars, I'd do you up the bars, bro. Literally, <laughs> literally be the Superman. Literally do everything <laughs> to have every form of stream of income <laughs> to be Fair rich. Enough. Literally. No, I like that. That's crazy because obviously I started to think about that and the reason, obviously that's why this whole, I guess, podcast that even started for me mm. is just sitting there just to think, okay, cool, what are my passions and what sort of sacrifice am I willing to take in order yeah, yeah, to yeah. pursue my passions? But it's crazy to hear that even though you have a passion, there's a way to, obviously, I don't know if your, your job is also like a side passion or something you like to do mm. or whatever, but with some people it's like, oh, it doesn't matter whether you enjoy it or not, just stick to it. Yeah, right? yeah, and they just allow their passions to die. I think it's crazy to hear what you said in terms of not itching. What advice, I guess, would you give somebody who's thinking, oh, you know what, I'm very passionate about something, but I don't know if I'm willing to, like, my passion's right now, I don't think I'm paying. Mm. So what, do you, what would you say to them? Would you say, like, take time out to pursue that passion? Or, you know... Well, right now, because we're in... Yeah, COVID. okay, let's forget COVID. COVID. Outside of COVID. Alright, cool. So outside, of COVID. outside of COVID. Yeah, if so, there was no COVID. So, yeah. right, so this time last year, what mm. I would have said to somebody has a passion, mm. I'd say 100% go for it. Mm-hmm. But obviously, look at it from a sustainability point mm. of view. So if you can go a few months where you're pursuing that um, passion mm-hmm. and it's not necessarily making a profit for you at this point in time, mm-hmm. if you can see yourself in the not too distant future, mm-hmm. eventually reaping what you sold, mm-hmm. then go ahead. Or if you can balance a nine to five and get some sort of steady income and mm-hmm. still do your passion, definitely do it. Never leave your passion aside yeah. because at the end of the day, um, we shall 100% take lessons from our generations. And mm-hmm. I, I, I can't count how many uncles and aunties I've seen dread going to work yeah. or having to work, but they need to work because they need to feed for their children or whatever and they're not happy Mm. one bit and literally as much as as nice as money is like sacrificing your happiness sacrificing your joy Mm. will never make you be able to spend that money well anyway so we've got to be reasonable in the sense where we need something to keep us afloat Mm -hmm. but your passions and your joy should never be a sacrifice an ultimate Mm. sacrifice just for the money or whatever mm-hmm. there's there's always well covid aside there's there's so many avenues you can do mm-hmm. things to just get a little bit yeah, of change yeah, so that cool i've got this amount of money the mm-hmm. next two months i can grind this and then i've got to go back to the drawing board mm-hmm. so that next three months now i can grind this and the more you grind the more passion you put in the more you get yourself out there the more opportunities will arise mm-hmm. before you know it and another thing is also realizing your age a lot of us want the quick thing now, age yeah. of 22, 23, 24. True. People are upset they're not married age of 25. Like, yeah. got the whole, your <laughs> whole life, <laughs> you got your whole life ahead of you. Like, mm. literally, there's a lo- there's loads of cliches people can use. This person yeah. didn't do this until they're 40. As many times as you heard it, it's facts of the matter yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Like, life is in a rush. Obviously, tomorrow's not promised to no one. 100%. But at the same time, don't, don't dive down that hill, yeah. man. Take yeah. time. Take mm-hmm. time. Obviously, one thing we can run, um, you know, from obviously we kind of hand on it, which is COVID. Mm. For you personally, as a DJ, obviously I'm a host and a presenter. I know how that hit us, <laughs> but as a DJ, obviously I've seen some of the things you've um you've done. Mm. Obviously, even speak to me about that. One of the things I saw that was wavy is um being connected to the whole No Signal crew. Yeah. That was something you were doing as a DJ. Like when COVID hit, 
first of all, what went through your mind? What are some of the things you've been doing and are doing? Because obviously we're going into another lockdown. Mm -hmm. So what are some of the things you've been doing and still doing to keep yourself going during the lockdown? So beginning of, beginning of lockdown was sweet in the sense where clubs and parties were still going. Yeah, I remember. But yeah. my nine to five had shut down because mm -hmm. my, my boss caught corona. So yeah, the whole place. it was all work from home. Yeah. And obviously I'm based, I'm not based in London. I'm based outside of London. Oh, okay. So because we got sent home, I came back to London. Okay. So I was able to go to do work from home, nine mm -hmm. to five, log off, and I'm off to the club. But, yeah. to but then obviously as the club started to close and that, and the more restrictions, 10K fine for this party or <laughs> more no more gatherings of this number. Oh boy. Bookings were just cancelling left, mm. right and centre. And obviously... Having a nine to five, um, a steady income, but you see your tax. Mm. And what, what DJing would help me do was not feel the effect of tax. Ah, uh, uh, bro. No more DJing. I'm just seeing how that tax is just eating a yeah. man alive. Like, mm. it's crazy. Because that's what, legit what it was. Like, you could know, okay, cool, even they're taking this out. I've done a gig, you know, I'm charging this. So that's, exactly, that goes into exactly, this. Because you don't exactly. pay taxes for those gigs. It's true. That's mad. Taxes eating my salary, dog. <laughs> <laughs> Crazy. <laughs> so yeah, that's that's one um, of the that's one of the one of the shocks that got me. Mm. Um but funny enough, even though I'm a DJ, mm -hmm. I'm 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 an introvert. So yeah. I like this time being at home. Mm -hmm not having to go out kind of thing. So okay. even when people were asking me for these illegal parties, <laughs> I wasn't I wasn't bothered in the sense where mm. I'm not risking it, man. And yeah. plus I've got I've got high risk people at home as well. Mm. So I couldn't really be going out like that. When 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 the lockdown really got locked man, down, yeah. my bookings like even weddings I had to say sorry. Yeah. <laughs> I've got high risk people at home, can't mm. really risk anything. So mm. Thank God nothing's happened, no one's been infected or whatever. So, mm. yeah, it's just, I feel like we're going to be like this till 2022, I'll be honest. Wow. Yeah. That's mad. It's looking that way, which is crazy. And obviously, I'm coming on top of some of the things you were doing. Obviously, I know you were DJing from home. Yeah, oh, yeah. So, we had these. You had us, you know, you kept us entertaining. So yeah, I, so. You know, I caught up with some of the things you were doing. Large up to no signal, they, mm -hmm. they. Just like how I did, they found a problem in the market mm. and provided a solution, mm -hmm. got me on board with that. So yeah, they gave me a show. Um, first started off Thursdays, five to seven. Mm -hmm. And then the more people we got, moved it to seven to nine. Mm -hmm. Now we've got it on Friday nights, nine to 11. Mm -hmm. So yeah, just keeping people entertained. I did a few Insta lives here and there. One thing I didn't do was make mixes, yeah. which I don't know, because of, the because of the content that we were given live, mm. I felt like there wasn't a need to yeah, give, give like, come find me live. Don't worry about my SoundCloud for now. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Join the live, join the yeah. live, join the live. So, um, yeah, uh, I did a, did a challenge, did a flip the beat challenge, mm -hmm. set a couple of DJs to do. That was interested as well, get people, get people involved. Um, what else? Yeah, that's pretty much it, really. Yeah. So, uh, fair enough. I think, well, just to, you know, to come to a close a bit, one of the things I've always been fascinated about, obviously, you've been lacking in terms of your networks, it's got you, see some places, 
But obviously, how does it work? Because I know some DJs as well that, you know, are DJs for certain artists, mm. right? And for some of them, I know some of them where it's like, rah, they've just been kind of dropped. Or if the artist, if the artist signs like a big, the artists have gone on to sign big contracts, mm. it's like, rah, where does that leave the DJ? Because in my head, I'm not going to lie, I always think the artist and the DJ go, yeah, hand yeah, to hand, yeah, like, yeah. this is it, this is my guy. What I say, this is my guy. But sometimes I've seen artists have just gone, rah, like, yeah, I want to go sign this contract it's, solo, bro. You it's, know. It's, 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 all, it's all a business <clears throat> at the end of the day. So it mm. depends. It depends. So first of all, the artist and manager relationship mm -hmm. is key. Mm -hmm. And also how much of a say that person, that, that particular artist has. Mm -hmm. so, uh, so, so Afro has even had this conversation with me where it wouldn't make sense to him for him to find another DJ when... Mm -hmm. The chemistry we've built, the yeah. stuff that we've done already, mm -hmm. is fine. It's, yeah. It would only be a case of where if I personally can't do it, yeah, then. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. if if everything is fine, there's no point in messing it up. True. But then obviously, if a said artist has a DJ, but their manager feels like they can get a better DJ, mm -hmm. and that causes a problem, and if that is left to the artist, mm -hmm. and if the artist wants to listen to what the manager says, then the DJ is left out mm -hmm. or whatever. So. Yeah, it just it depends on individual relationships mm -hmm. and whatever. So, yeah, um, that's that's basically what it is. You just gotta you just gotta have that relationship, that connection with your artist to understand mm -hmm. what his what his vision for you is as well. Because even mm -hmm. as as an artist, <coughs> that artist is a brand. Mm -hmm. So he's not just looking out for himself. He's not just representing himself. He's representing mm -hmm. other people. Yeah. He's representing his manager, his label, mm -hmm. his DJ. The same way me as a DJ, I'm representing my eyes. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, it's, it's up to him how he, uh, up to the artist initially, how he goes about dealing with the, the DJ. But yeah, it doesn't always work out for my fellow brothers. But I hear that. We keep moving. I hear that. Bro, honestly, it's been such a pleasure to have you on board. Oh, just to hear it, your, your views, man. You've given me so much germs, bro. And even, it's interesting to hear some of the background story of how mm. things came across. My bro, keep doing what you're doing. Appreciate Hopefully, that. I know you're saying we're going might go to 2022, but actually, I can't lie to you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no. I don't know how I'm gonna do this one. Everyone needs to find. Bro, you we need to. I, I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, we need to be out there, bro. I'm going through my memories, and I'm like, dog, I need to be out there. Bro, this, I need to be out there. This time there. last year, we were at the Burner Boy concert. Yeah, we were. We were at the Burn. I did see you out there. I saw shit. <laughs> bro, that was a lit one, you know. Very, very lit. Oh, bro, I remember, yeah, I remember the whole squad. Yeah, true that. <sighs> See, we need to be out there. But anyway, my guy, thank you so much Appreciate for joining that. me, man. It's been a pleasure. Again, guys, thank you so much for tuning in. And yeah, if you have any questions, feel free to put them, you know, comment down below and let us know. And I'll pass them also to Super Mins as well. Mm -hmm. um, we'll put all media social medias there for how you can find him, everything like that. Again, I've been your guy, Mr. Lots, aka the Ghanaian Shitter. You know the vibes. Peace. Wow, what an episode. Well, I hope you had a good time. I hope you know you took some good notes too. And remember, don't be greedy. Share this with your family, your friends, your neighbors, and even your ancestors. Stay tuned for more taking notes, Mr. Lots. And remember, one more thing. We move regardless.